Praise the Lord. So today's topic is prayer of faith, part three. Prayer of faith, part three. Let's go to James 5.15. James 5.15. And James 5.15 says, The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Let me, let's just go through a recap of what prayer is all about. You know, we said, you know, I said before that I thought, this is still correct, I thought that prayer was a two-way communication, which is, like I said, is still correct, it's the truth. You know, but really, prayer is more than a two-way communication. Prayer is a desire to to be in contact with your Father. Prayer is a love channel to communicate with God. Prayer is a love language at which you and I communicate with God. Prayer, prayer cannot be forced. Nobody should teach you and I how to pray. It's like, how do you communicate to God? How do you talk to people? It's the same way you talk to God. When you're in love with, with somebody, you have a desire to be always you, always, you always want to talk to that person. You always want to have a, a conversation with the person. So prayer is a conversation, having a conversation. Prayer is being eager to tell God everything, whereby you don't hold back. You want to tell God every itch in your neck or every problem that you're facing. That's what prayer is all about. You know, Psalm 37.23 says, Psalm 37.23 He says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. He wants, the Lord wants to, he wants the detail of your life. Like I give the example, if, if your rent is due tomorrow, you don't say God, I'm rent, rent. I, you go to God and say my rent is due tomorrow. Be specific. Be, be specific in your asking. Praise the Lord. Let's look at James 4, 2-3. James 4, 2-3. says, You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. James 4, 2-3. I really, I'll start again. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, 
You don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. We need to check our prayer life. Is our prayer life one-sided? Do we pray for people? Do we pray for our own pleasure alone? What motive do we have when we pray? How many times or how long have you prayed for somebody else? Do we have... I watched a movie very many years ago. I, the movie is called Me, Myself and I. Do we have a me, myself and I mentality whereby we don't pray for others? Human beings are typically selfish. We always think about ourselves, our families, our very close friends. However, when we cross over the, to, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, the Bible says that we have the nature of Christ. So it means we have, his, we have the nature of Jesus. And the nature of Jesus is not selfish at all. The nature of Jesus is selfless. We need to pray like the people in the Bible, how, how Jesus prayed for people, how Jesus will go out of his way. They prayed differently. People in, in the Bible prayed differently. Paul prayed differently. You know, so we need to review some of the ways at which a Christian needs to pray. Praise the Lord. Because most of the time our motive is for our pleasure. But we don't understand that it's not only for our pleasure. Praise the Lord. So one of the things that, one of the ways of praying, or one of the items that uh, the Lord put over here, he says pray for others. We need to be able to pray for others. It's something that's important. It is common that for it is not common for people to 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 pray for one another that they don't know. If I don't know you, I won't pray for you. I only pray for somebody that I know. People are typically focused on their own problems, on occasionally the problems of their friends, their close friends. It is rare. For, for us to pray for others. And even, it's even rare, let me just make a, a bold statement, it's even rare for us to even pray for our friends. It's even rare for us to even pray for our friends. Even these close friends of ours that we say we have, it's rare for us to pray for them. We need to know that God is looking for someone who will stand in the gap. To pray for others. God is looking for someone who, who would selflessly pray for others. It is my understanding that when we pray for others, God sees a man who has put aside his needs or his wants. And then God goes to work for that person. God opens doors 
for those kind of people that says, I'm going to pray for others. Because when you start to pray for others, let me, let me say this. When we start praying for others, God now says, oh, I got somebody that is willing to put aside his problem and pray for others. And God says, okay, now I can, I can give this man or this woman more prayer topics to pray for. And you'll be surprised. You're, you will never lack when, when you do that. You will never want when you do that because God will always meet your need. Because it's ultimately it's him that is meeting your need. You know, Job, Job 42, 10 to 13. Job 42, 10 to 13 says, Job 42, 10 to 13. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his, his fortunes in fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Then all his brothers and sisters and former friends came and feasted with him in his home. And they consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought, him, brought against him. And each of them brought a gift of money and a gold ring. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the beginning. Now let's look at what you know, see how what God did. He says, from now he had fourteen thousand sheep, six thousand camel, one thousand teams of oxen, and one thousand female donkeys. He also gives Job seven more sons and three more daughters. Job prayed for his friends, and God did what. Opened the opportunity for him. God opened an opportunity and blessed Job. He blessed Job. Can you imagine? Even look at what, even look at it in the beginning, like Job 1. It will tell you what Job had. Job had, yes, he had he had seven sons and three daughters. Yes, for sure. That's why the Bible says he, he gave him seven more. Because he had seven more. But look at what. The, the 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 he had what he owned before I'm talking about prior. Job owned seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred teams of oxen, and five hundred female donkeys. So what did God do? God doubled. God doubled the, the what he had before. His means of livelihood. That's what God doubled. Because why? He decided to pray for his friends. And those his friends were the ones that were, what? They were, they were bickering, they were talking all kinds of things against him. Oh, you did something. That's why God is, is punishing you now. Those are his friends. That is... So it's not the whole aspect of, you know, so most times people think in the easiest way to get blessed. I'm not saying you're not a blessed, you're not blessed. But the easiest way for God to, to even bless you on top of the blessing you have is when you pray for somebody else. Let me tell you something. Most times people don't want, don't, don't have the time. If I call a prayer meeting and say we're praying for 
so that we can make we can get a million dollars. You see, the whole place will get full. But as soon as I say, we are praying for others. We are praying for missionaries. We are praying for for the frontline people. We are praying for. You don't see too many people. There's a there's blessing when we pray for others. I will surprise you that when you start praying, God gets excited. God, God starts to say, Whoa, I have found somebody that was that was that really has gotten my desire. Because it is God's desire. It is God's desire that we should pray for others. It is his desire. You know, somebody said something to me the other day. She had an underlining sickness and she had the coronavirus. I said she was in ICU. And she said she was so tired. Say she was so tired. Weak. She says she 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 says if the Holy Spirit came on her door and said, Do you want to live or die? She would have said, Let me just take me. You know, when it then dawned on me where she was talking, then dawned on me and says, Do you know that there's not too many people praying for those people in ICU? Because those people in ICU are helpless. And she now told me that somebody even called her in one of the nurses that took care of her. And he told me that in her neighbor that had the same underlying issues that she had and had coronavirus died a week after. After she, she recovered. So I, it, it kind of dawned on me like, whoa. And I asked, a, I asked a question, I asked a lot of questions. I said, Wow. Then I, I didn't, I, sorry, I asked the woman, not the Lord. I asked the woman, I said, this is amazing. She, says, she was saying, thank you for praying for me because and I said, then I said to her, I said, that, can you imagine, that woman might not have anybody to pray for her. Because she said, she said to me, I might not have anybody either to pray for me because I was so tired. Is the aspect of praying for somebody else. That is God's heart. That is God's desire. Acts 11, uh, Acts 13.22 Acts 13.22 God but God removed Saul and replaced him with what? David. A man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Did you hear what he says? He will do everything I, God, wants him to do. He doesn't do what he wants to do. But he does what God has put in his heart to do. And he says, this is a man after my own heart. David was not a saint. 
He was far from a saint. But you know, I said to think about it, how God is so merciful. Even with Uriah, God was still merciful. Can you imagine that? God was still merciful. And God didn't look upon him, upon David like, look at this rubbish man. You know the funny thing? We, we human beings, we look, if we David were around now, we would look at him like, look at this rubbish man. Look at what he did to his uh, his soldier. How can he be on this? He's so, so immorally bankrupt. So John was he's so morally bankrupt. He's so morally bankrupt. He's he's he, he's he's we we rain abuses on what? On him. We rain so many abuses on him. But we forget that God is not looking at what? The looking at that. He's not looking at he's looking at is this man really sold out for me? Is this man, when I tell him to do something, does he do it? God is looking at that. But what happens is that we are looking at, oh, he did something wrong. <laughs> We're going to punish him from now till next year. The person is horrible. He's this, he's that. And God doesn't even look, it, it, for me, it's amazing because it tells me that God doesn't even look at all that. Because David repented with Nathan. You know? And he, he, he repented with Nathan and says, oh my goodness. That person, Nathan says, you, you did it to that, to that uh, poor man. He took his only lamb. And he repented, and God says, wow, somebody, somebody has the ability to repent. That's the kind of person I'm looking for. That's the person I'm looking for. But we're there in our high horse. Ah, that person, you need to condemn him, you need to kill him. <laughs> he shouldn't be this, he shouldn't be that. Praise the Lord. Let's look at another aspect. Philippians 4, 18 to 19. Pastor, can you read that for us? Philippians 4, 18 to 19. It says, At the moment, I have all I need and more. I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of you will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which has, have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, it's amazing that we, use, we quote this scripture. We, we quote especially verse 19. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ's glory. But we forget to read 18. And 18 is what? Paul is saying to saying here that these people did what? They blessed me. 
they were generous in their blessing. They supplied gifts to me. They prayed for me. They gave to me. And look at what he then says. He says, they are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. God accepts when we do for others. God is happy when we're generous to others. God is happy when we pray for others. It's look at it means this is what it means. It means that God is sitting down and he, you know, and when I first read this thing, it's like a flower that smells so nice. And it comes out to his nostrils and he says, Wow. Or you or you spray air freshener. And air freshener comes to your nostrils and it's like, this is nice. This is beautiful. So God is looking for a man. And, and let, let me let me let me let me don't go too far. The Lord appreciates it when we do for others. When we're praying for others, we need to treat we need to treat it the same as you're praying for yourself. It ought to be personal. We should want to we should want that prayer answered as well. We should walk by faith, knowing that I want it's you know it's a supplication. We need to put our heart in it. We need to we need to desire for it to happen. You know, like praying for China, even though yes, we know that they say that this virus came from China. Praying for those people, I say God, because there are Christians there. There Christian, there are Christian, uh, the Chinese Christians there. There are people there. They are human beings. Pray for them. There are people in, in, in Nigeria that haven't, or Africa, even over here in America, New York. Have you, have you put your hand out and say, God, I pray for New York? Let me, let, me, let me give this example. Acts 12. That's why our hearts need to be in it. Acts 12, 13 to 16. Acts 12, 13 to 16. It's something that we need to desire. We need to have a desire and say, I desire for, for people to get saved. I, 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 you, you pray for it. It's, it's, it's something you keep praying until you have a release, like I said in the previous previous um, um, parts, you go and go back and you read it. You can not read it. You can go and listen to it. Part one, there's part one and part two. I'm moving part three. The previous parts, how I say you you have to have that desire, and when you 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 come to a place whereby you have peace that God has done it, then you just relax. You don't pray again. You start to thank God for it. Praise the Lord. Let's look at this Acts twelve. 13 to 16. It says, He knocked at the door. He knocked at the door in the gate. And a servant girl named Rhonda says, came to open it. It says, 
when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so over, overjoyed that, that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everybody, told everyone, Peter is standing at what? At the door. What did they tell her? Say, you're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it, was an, it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door, they saw him and they were amazed. This is when Peter was in jail. The church was praying for him. So for me, I look at it like, why wouldn't they be so excited? Why wouldn't they be saying, no, 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 open it. It has to be Peter. It means that they weren't praying with their own, uh, all their heart. They weren't walking in faith. Why would they be amazed? They weren't expecting change at all. They didn't expect it. They weren't expecting it to happen. So they weren't even walking by faith. They were just praying. Let me just pray. So that when Peter comes out or he doesn't come out, we tell everybody, at least the church prayed. At least we prayed. We did our best. Anytime we pray, we need to walk what? By faith. Praying for us, praying for ourselves, praying for others. You need to walk by faith. God is looking for you to walk by faith. He says we walk by faith and not by sight. This is exactly what it is. It is vital that we pray for others. Then the second thing that we, we understand about praying, and we look at how people prayed in the Bible, is that people pray for spiritual growth. They prayed for God. I will show, let's look at it. I will show you what, what I mean by the prayer. Paul prayed for spiritual growth. In Ephesians 1.19, Ephesians 1.19, it says, Ephesians 1.19 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is what Paul was praying for. He was praying for others. He says, hey, I want to pray that not God bless him. God, you know, we always pray, God bless him. God, do this. No. He's praying, says, God, I want to, I want them, I want me, I want us to understand the incredible greatness of God's power. Do you know that when you understand the incredible greatness of God's power, you, you are not worried. You're not worried. You know that when you pray, God has answered. You know the power of God. You can go and lay your hands on the sick and they will recover right away you, because you know it. God has given you the revelation. Look at Ephesians 3, 6, 16 to 19. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people how 
of as all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. This is what Paul was praying for others. And I, I tell you, Paul was praying the same thing for himself because that's why he had so much revelation of God. You know, I, I was thinking about this and I was saying, I was saying, and I'm just thinking about it and the Lord is just kind of putting it in my heart. He says, can you imagine the kind of revelation you had about the power of God? Because when the, when the snake came out from the fire and beat him, what did he do? He just threw it away. He just threw it away. Because he knew. He says, you know why he knew? He knew that the, there's power flowing through him too. He understood it. He had the revelation of it. He walked by faith. Look at what look at what look at the, the other aspect. He says, May you experience the love of Christ. Can you imagine if you understand this kind of, if you pray this kind of prayers, you and I would understand who Christ is. You will know him more. Revelation will just pour out. You have so much revelation. When you're reading the Bible, revelation will just be flowing. Yafu, yafu. We would have understanding of what our inheritance is. We will be able to grow in the things of God. We'll be able to understand spiritual wisdom. We'll be working in spiritual wisdom. People will be coming to you. People will be coming to you for wisdom. Like how they came to Solomon. Can you imagine? I, you know, I think about Solomon. When God asked Solomon, so which, what, do you, what do you want me to give you? Solomon could have said, you know, God, I just want money. But he said, no, I want wisdom. I want wisdom to be able to rule your be as be a king to rule your your people. And God says, because of what you did, I'm not only going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to bless you. And that's what happened. People were coming to people were coming to Solomon and bringing gifts. Because why? They wanted to hear his wisdom. They wanted to get wisdom from him. Can you imagine? The kind of, if you are praying this kind of prayer, say, God, I just need the spiritual wisdom. I need to understand wisdom. And you're praying the same thing for people. Say, you know, you're praying for your president. Say, pray, Father Lord, we pray that this president, you know, President Trump or your African president, your, you know, Buhari, that you, you walk in spiritual wisdom. Do you know the kind of wisdom that means? Paul, was praying that you could understand that because he worked in it. He was passionate for people. He knew the he knew that the key is to walk in what spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. That is key. That is important. Do we understand what the love of God is? The love of Christ is. Do we really understand? Have we ever said, God, I need you to open my eyes so that I can have wisdom. I need to know the love, your love, 
to have an understanding of the love of Christ, how deep, how wide, how high. Have we ever prayed that kind of prayer? Have we prayed the prayer that God, I need you to increase me so I can have the knowledge of what the kingdom of God is all about? Do you know that when you have this kind of, when you pray that kind of prayer, you know, there's a past, there was a, there was a, there was a um, British um, evangelist. Um, um, I can't remember his name, but he says he had this, he, he flowed in this kind of wisdom. And he knew that God, he says, each time he went to a funeral, he goes there and he says, I'm going to wake them up from the dead. Because he had understanding that God doesn't want people, he, God loves people so much. So the key, this is the key. It's something that we need to always pray for at all times. And pray for people like this at all times. Look at what it, why I'm saying this. The premise of what I'm saying. It comes from Matthew 6.33. Which says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The key here is to seek things of God first. We are doing things wrong, my brothers and sisters. We are doing things wrong. We are doing things wrong. What we really need to do is not just to pray for our needs, our wants. Not to pray for only our needs, our wants. What we need to do is to do what? We need to pray. We need to pray for what? For spiritual growth. We need to pray for that God should open our eyes. We need to pray. We need to pray this sort of prayer. We need to seek the kingdom of God. Because when we start to seek it by prayer, God does what? God brings those things that we want. Sometimes we do things, we asking God, you bless me, touch me, do this, all this prayer. I'm not saying they are not good. They are good. They are good prayer. You, because you have needs, we have wants, we have problems. But that's not where it, where it stops. The key is to have an understanding. Say, God, I need you to open my eyes. Strengthen my inner man. As, as we're going through this, 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 this pandemic. These are the things we need to pray for. And you know why, why I'm saying that? Look at what, just in addition to that Matthew 6.33, look at Hebrew 11.3. Hebrew 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds, the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things that are seen were not made, were not made of things which are visible. So the key is that the spiritual, it gets things get formed in the spirit, in the, in the spirit realm. Things get formed in the spirit realm. 
And when it gets formed in the spirit realm, it then manifests in the what? In the physical. It, it now manifests in the, in, the, in the natural. So the key is, is the aspect of God. Start to One has to start to pray. Say, God, I need to, for you to shine light. I need to understand you more. Because when you start, when God, when, when God starts to reveal those things to you, do you know that you can go, you know, there's in Psalm 119, it says, I know more than my teachers. The word of God makes me have the ability to know more than my teachers. You know why? When God starts to give you spiritual wisdom, when you go to work, you're working in excellence. You're working in excellence. When you have the love of Christ, you love people. <laughs> when you know and understand the love of Christ. You love people. You're not quick to criticize anybody. You're not quick to criticize people. To abandon people. Or to, to judge anybody. You're not quick to do that. Because God has given you the, to, given you the ability to know his love. Praise the Lord. So in this aspect... We need to, with, with this, we, we start to correct our motives. We start to correct those motives. Why are we asking for this? Isn't it best to ask God, fill me. Give, me? give me that wisdom. Help me to understand your power. Incredible greatness of your power. Start to pray those, those prayers that would, would, would increase your, you know, will make you grow spiritually. Praise the Lord. And one thing I want to also, just in closing, I want to, I want to let us know. When we pray, we shouldn't just, we should expect that God will do more than what we prayed for. Ephesians 3.20 says, that Ephesians 3.20 it says that now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work within you within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So basically God has the ability to do what? Give us more than you asked but we need to be expecting it. We need to know it. Praise the Lord. And when we ask it, we need to check. You know, this Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. So if, you know, if we start to think that God, that's why you got to say, that's what it says, ask or think. Because the thing about it is, when we start to think, if we don't change the way we think, the way we ask is going not, not going to change as much. Because what happens is, you need to change the way you think, saying, God, I know that God is going to provide more than I can imagine. He will give me exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can think about or even pray about. Praise the Lord. And, and it means for you to look, we, we need to. These are the resources. And, and when the Lord was opening, I was like, like, wow, this is amazing. Because 
God gave me an example whereby we pray for something and God brought that, but when he brought it, he accompanied it with, he accompanied, accompanied those, that one thing with additional things. And God was just telling me that when you pray for A, when you pray for one, he brings one and two. I call it jara. I call it extra. I call it, he gives you more just to tell you that he's God. And one thing that we need to, we need to also do as Christians, Hebrew 11.14 says, Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for who? For people who will inherit salvation. We need to put our angels to work the way we speak. We can't pray for something and speak against it. We pray for something, we start to say it. Knowing, as we're saying it, we're giving the angels ammunition to go and put it to work. That is the way it is. See, like, 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 um, like recently I've been praying like this, you know, whereby, you know, there's, there's, there's a few things that I've been praying for and, and I've, I've, I've been saying the devil, I've been telling devil, I said, devil, I know you're behind this. I know you're, you're behind trying to stop this. Then I then say to, to the ministering angels, I say, ministering angels, go and get it for us. Go and bring it back. I, you Because that's what they are there for. That's what they are there for. You start to command, you start to tell them to go. Because that's what he says. Let, let me read it again finally. Let's look at it. Say, therefore, angels are only servants. What are they servants? They are serving you. They are like, they are like wait, waiters and waitresses. They are serving you. Spirits sent to care for who? People who will in who will inherit salvation, they are there to serve you. You don't you have to put them to work. Most of us are not even putting them to work at all. So it's something that we need to we need to start need to start saying, start speaking it out. Praise the Lord. Put angels to work. So that they don't, you will not miss out on these things that God has put. This, this, you know, God, God has put all these wonderful things, you know, tools, I'll call it, resources. He's putting out, he's put it out there for us to be able to utilize them. But some of us are not. Praise the Lord. I don't, you know, it's always good to, you know, it's always good to, Bring you know, tell talk to people that do not know Jesus because we see on we see in all these things, and is this all these things pertain to people that believe and have accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior? So, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak to you who has not accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior for you to. For you to, 
because your heart is already we're talking about selfish you you know you can't even pray for you know you're not even going to be able to pray for others you're going to be praying for yourself and that's all you you do all the time but for you to if you decide you you finish listening to this teaching and you want to accept jesus christ as your lord and savior you can pray this simple prayer let us pray let's pray the prayer it says and mean it with your heart. You need to really mean it and say, this is what I want. And this, you're, you're saying it by faith too. We pray, say, say, pray with me. It says, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. I rose from the dead. I turn from my sins. I invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. You now are born again. You know Jesus now. You, are, you have crossed over from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of light. And you know, the Bible says that heaven is rejoicing now. They are rejoicing. They are so happy that you have, you're now, you're now officially, congratulations, you're now officially a child of God. So all these things that we're saying applies to you now. So you need to go to a church that reads the Bible, that elevates Christ. I pray this that you do, you find one. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you.